Welcome to Let's Talk About Gay Stuff. Woohoo! We're the podcast where we talk about gay stuff and discuss LGBTQ plus history. Mm-hmm. We are Thomas. Chris. Dusty. Yeah, and we're the podcast that talks about gay stuff. Hey, before we get into all of this, don't forget to subscribe to us so you can hear future episodes. You can visit our website at let's talk about gay stuff.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and let's talk about gay stuff and on Twitter at talk gay stuff. Leave us a review and tell us what you think. Follow us because we do a daily dose of LGBTQ plus history. So don't miss it. And if you want to communicate with us, you can send us you can slide into our DMs as the mm-hmm. ch- children say. Slide in. All right. Uh, or you can send us an email at let's talk about gay stuff at gmail.com. All right, that was business. How are you ladies doing? Good. I'm very happy actually. Oh, oh. you're festive. So sure. this is uh, sure. it's Halloween on which the day this episode's gonna be released mm-hmm. and you showed up, Chris. I'm working it. I am in full costume. She's got pumpkins, <laughs> she's got bats, she's got full moons, Ooh, ghosts, goblins, pumpkin. and chest hair. She's giving it to us all. <laughs> gay, 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 gay. <laughs> I, Halloween's one of my favorite um, holidays, so I like to turn it out. Ever since I was younger, my mom was always like, let's do this extravagant costume. But at the time, whenever like I was first getting the like Halloween and stuff like that, we didn't have too much money, so she would make all of her costumes. So you dressed in drag? Absolutely. Yes. To the nines. <laughs> now you know I'm gay, Mom. One of my favorite costumes was uh, when I was younger, she made like a full... like. Because uh, I was very into like bugs. Oh, you're gonna say very big. Yeah, I guess you're full. Uh, very fat. She she made me a uh, a spider costume. Yeah, you're like, like, I was a spider. Yeah. And so she like stuffed it full of like uh, like fuzz or foam or whatever it was, and then like sewed on little legs. And uh, I looked oh. absolutely ridiculous. It was adorable. I played a, a played. <laughs> My costume was a homeless person as a kid, like probably like five years in a row. So, which is not something we could make fun of now. So our dress as now. Imagine so. Very PC. That's what you could do in the 80s and early 90s, though. And get away with it. Get away with it. Now, can't do that. The unsheltered. The, the, un, the unhoused, yeah. The unhoused. Uh, what, so, are you dressing up for anything for Halloween this year? I'm not doing Halloween. You're not doing Halloween? Oh, what am I going to do? Because you're more... I don't Because you're... Uh, what's it? Uh, Pentecostal. No. I'm not, I don't, you're going to sit out outside and pelt kids with candy? I, I mean, don't have trick-or-treaters. Kid, kids, oh. candy. Oh, kids to candy. Is, is it because you're that scary house in the corner? And like, no, there's, that the only, there's, there's, there's nobody by me. Like, it's, it's a, well, I live on a very like public street, too. Like, kids are going to get hit if they try to mm. trick or treat. Why don't you go out to the bars and have a good time? Mm. Yeah. Maybe I will. That's Sunday night, though. Yeah, like you've never gone. Well, so you, yeah, you go out. You go out early, and mm-hmm. then you uh, go in early. Plus, people are going to be going. Uh, they're going to be dressing slutty on Saturday nights anyway. It's okay. slutty, slutty Saturday. Slutty Saturday. Uh, I mean, people have been dressing slutty since last weekend too. So yeah, so. <laughs> And they'll probably dress slutty the weekend after. And for Christmas, same. Mm-hmm. That's what slutty, we do. Slutty elves. Mm-hmm. Sexy Santa. Mm-hmm. Sexy Santa. Look, at, look at those hot elves over there. <laughs> Erotic make, elves. Make some toys. Randy, <laughs> Randy reindeers. <laughs> That's called Stop. alliteration for you. Yeah, it is alliteration. If you're wondering. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching. We, do, we don't just teach history here. We give you English. We give you grammar. We give it to Poetry. you all. Poetry. We, we educate the children. I guess you guys want to know what we're going to talk about this episode. We're going to talk about the Stonewall Reader, which was published by the New York Public Library. So there's a lot of fun tales that Dusty will go into. Yes. Uh, and then we will talk about the release of... And I, 
will always love you. Absolutely not. I don't sing. Uh, By Whitney Houston, the release. I mean, because we know, we'll we'll get into the history if you don't know it. Mm -hmm. I mean, every good gay who's listening to this knows the history, but, you know, we'll get into it because there are youths, as the assignment was, for Chris to figure out how how this was LGBTQ plus history, he's like, why does that matter? Why does it matter? I said, ma'am, your assignment this week is to study it and tell us about it. it so came let's out see the year that I was born. Let's see how his he Are you does. Serious? Oh frick! <laughs> Get out! Get out! That's so depressing. Um, That's the song I was talking about earlier. Speaking oh of God. depressing things, what's going on in the news? Anything fun? Anything happening in your fun weeks? Dusty had some topics for I us. Did, I did. I don't. Well, no, we were going to talk about um, the passport, the gender neutral, the first uh, passport oh, yes. with a gender gender neutral. No, uh, it's a first U.S. U.S. passport. Sorry, All right, sorry, sorry. U.S. Secretary of State giving us a X on our passports. So, uh, so I think like in June of this year they announced like well, Biden's president, start, yeah. mm-hmm. and we're going to do some things different. We're not going to force people to uh, put the gender in, in which their birth certificate because mm-hmm. I guess that was a policy. So yeah. they're so in June they said we're not going to do that anymore. If you identify as a woman and you were born um, male, you you can change your. Uh, we're not yeah. going to question it. Just do it. Um, and now, um, and I guess there's more work to do, but they, they gave the first person in the U S a, uh, they granted them a a passport with an X on it. So Mm -hmm. this is for, uh, transgender, Mm non-binary, uh, intersex people. So that's a big one. Like you said, a lot of other countries have done it. Um, I think Australia was like, or New Zealand was the first one to uh, do it. Sweden, maybe I read the article, uh, earlier this week, so I don't remember all the countries, but I mean, we're not. Uh, close to being the first. No, <laughs> so, never. And so, yeah. yeah, so they'll continue doing the updates through like early 2022. 2022. So, uh, so yeah, that's exciting. Progress. Yeah. Thank you, President Biden. That's good. I like it. Yeah, and that that was originally brought up like with a court case from an intersex individual back in like 2015. So, wow. I mean, it's taken, what, six years to get to the point that we're at now where it's actually going to happen. So uh, it's very impressive. Yeah. Progress. Look at look at a little bit of progress Sorry. for our LGBTQ plus community. Building back better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Biden. <laughs> what else? What else? Broke what back, else going on? broke um, back better. So Bro- I I wanted to talk about because you know I always like to yell about her. Oh uh, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> is Caitlyn Jenner? Mm. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner came out with some comments about uh, Dave Chappelle's. Um, Situation, situation. Ooh, that's a uh, and his tra- transphobic comments uh, on his uh, Netflix documentary, um, which I mean, a little bit of background on that. Uh, he uh, released a, a Netflix documentary. Where, well, it was a comedy special. A comedy special. Yep. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but he's trying to release a documentary. Sorry, you're right. It was yeah. a comedy mm-hmm. special where he made lots of transphobic jokes uh, and then uh, mentioned that he defended J.K. Rowling and a baby and basically a bunch of other transphobic people and said that he's team turf. Uh, and um, he's just since doubled down on that and basically has said that no one will summon me uh, to these, like, because, I mean, he, he was like, I'll, I'll be happy to have a conversation, but no one will summon me to the table. I'll come, like, on my own accord. And it's like, no, baby, that's not what's happening. You're being canceled. Like, <laughs> get over yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But apparently he's also kind of not being canceled because uh, Netflix co-CEO, um, uh, has defended him and mm-hmm. uh, made some I remarks that, yeah. that said that things that are seen in the media uh, don't always uh, translate into violence or some somewhere along those lines. And everyone was like, 
They right, because the argument was from the transgender community, mm-hmm. this is something you're giving him. And I don't think he ever said he was in the because I saw the comedy special. I don't think he ever said like act, um, act violently toward like yeah. you have free reign to go act, you know, uh, commit acts of violence against the transgender community. I could be wrong. So um, but I don't remember that being a, a theme in his his um, his comedy special. But it gives license to like mm-hmm. it's, we've said this before. Like you say, I mean, we could say the f word, right? We also often say cigarette emoji, right? <laughs> but it it is. Yeah. I mean, we mo- uh, joke amongst friends, but you know, we, if we say it out loud, the reason I think we're hesitant. I mean, there's a there's a big movement to say reclaim the word faggot, right? And uh, because it's our word and we we don't let it harm us anymore. Mm-hmm. But when you we say it, it gives people other people yeah. permission to to say it was the same thing with uh, RuPaul uh, a few years ago. Go and when she had to change shemale and mm-hmm. you know yep. tranny like but uh, those things and you know the transgender community was saying when you do that because rupaul's like listen i'm one of the biggest allies of your community of the transgender community like how are you going to come for me mm-hmm. like i'm i'm supporting you i'm a, giving you a you know a, a, a forum a platform and people are like when you say that people like well if rupaul says it then i can mm-hmm. say these yeah. things too mm-hmm. right so um so i think it opens a full door of like um, the opportunity for, I mean, n- maybe not immediate violence, but it opens the door to um, disregarding, I mean, a trans person is a, a, yeah. a person and like yeah. their reality and their rights. And, uh, you know, it really does open a door to a whole gateway of uh, possibilities. Like his voice to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, people can follow along. They'll be like, oh, if that person feels this way, I can speak up too. Yeah. Because, yeah. With yeah. that said, um, so Caitlin said what? So Caitlin came out and said, <laughs> and defended uh, Dave Chappelle and said that it was a part of uh, just cancel culture and that he was just caught in the, the the whirlwind of all that. Which Caitlin, as we've said, I mean I've been on the podcast several times mm. when she has been a topic right. of, of discussion, <laughs> um, and it, it, it's just uh, bothersome because she has come out and said things against. Uh, like the, I mean, not against for the like a abor- strict abortion law here in Texas, and uh, you know that trans uh, people don't deserve the right to compete in the sports that uh, mm-hmm. like for their their um, expressed gender and you know things like that. And so it's just like she's holding back progress, even though she is one of the most prominent trans person yeah, I don't in. Know. I just don't understand. I, I don't. I don't understand how you can. Be against your own. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I just. I, I. I can't even put it into words. Like I don't understand how you can be one thing and say but it's okay to hate me and be against i don't mm. and support i this makes sense. so do you think dave know. chappelle is transphobic or is he I, just being a comedian a edgy comedian i would not say that because you can be funny in a multitude of ways without making fun of someone in a way that they are and something that they can't change about themselves uh I mean, go ahead. <laughs> I was. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, it's like okay. I don't know if you would say transphobic, but at the same time, if he's expressing his beliefs, then it is transphobic. So I mean, but like you said, I mean, like he may not be like you said, calling for violence or you know, promoting that. But at the same thing, he is promoting you know a prejudice. He's promoting a discrimination mm-hmm. against somebody. So it's clearly there is. I don't think you can make. I don't think he would make a joke about it if he didn't have some. There wasn't founded in some belief of his personal belief. Yeah. Um, like I don't. So, I don't think he would make. I, I think it wouldn't be on his radar to make a joke if he wasn't feeling that well, way. Well, I mean, but people I, are coming for him. That's yeah. right. The the he, his his claim, and I guess I, I will restate that there are 
uh, he did because he said he got in a fight with a transgender person, and so um, so there I guess was some violence. But it, he was yeah. he explained why that happened. Um, in terms of like. I don't know it being uh, him being like the community people, not the community people have come for him. Right. Yeah. And the comedian like a uh, Bianca Del Rio, a drag queen who is known, uh, known for reading people yes. and not, and going for the jugular, not being like highbrow comedy. Uh, it's like, let me tell you why you, you know, you're fat, you're ugly, this, that, the other, <laughs> right. Things we're not supposed to say. Mm-hmm. Lady bunny is the same way. Mm-hmm. A drag queen icon. But I right? mean, in that same voice, Bianca has walked a fine line where mm-hmm. she's gotten called out in yeah. a multitude so, of times. So do you call, I mean, they're comedians. Like, mm-hmm. what do you, where, where's the line? Like, it's an art. Comedy's an art. That's what he's saying. But, I mean, it, it kind of goes back to exactly what you were saying earlier, where it's, it's, you walk a fine line regardless, but, like, if you're part of the community, it's more, like... Like, Nicole Byers makes fat jokes all the time. She's a, a bigger girl, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. I mean, she can make those fat jokes. But someone like me, who's not um, a bigger person, who could not make those <laughs> jokes, be- sorry, <laughs> because uh, then I would be labeled as fatphobic and, you know, all sorts yeah. of different things. And, like, that's completely understandable. So, um, yeah, so uh, it's, it's just you – there are certain labels that come with uh, – I guess where like whatever field you're in and like whatever community you're a part of and that I guess grants you a little bit of leniency when it comes to making those sort of jokes and so I guess maybe when you're a drag queen you're able to I mean you, the people know that you're a drag I don't know I that's I, that's I, not my point is it gets it gets really tricky and the fact that people are like, oh, cancel, pull the show. I'm like, so then you pull him, you pull his show off. Like, what about all the other sex offenders or homophobic or racist yeah. people? Are you pulling off all their material off Netflix also? Mm-hmm. Like, where does it end? Um, I mean, R. Kelly recently, you know, mm-hmm. convicted of, you know, gross sex crimes, right? And so, and there's been a movement to pull his music, but are we doing that to... To Michael Jackson, now he was never convicted, but yeah. you know, plenty of evidence believe, of saying, yeah. "Hey," and again, a number of other folks who were misogynistic, racist, homophobic, transphobic, and why do we pick on Dave Chappelle? Granted, he's being picked on because he's punching, right? Yeah. And he's also doubling down. It would be yeah. one thing if he like apologized for it and then just kind of like laid low under the radar. I'm pretty certain that would it would kind of have just gone away. Up. But since he has like doubled down on all these things and just like gone to town and saying like I can say whatever I want to, you can't summon me. Like I'm not going to talk about this with anyone. Like maybe if he was like, oh yeah, like sorry I made that yeah. joke. Like let me like let's educate myself about like some other things and maybe not do it in the future. Maybe things could have just washed your hands of it and it would have been no, you're right. yeah. perfectly fine. But when you're doubling down, it goes back to what you were saying. It, it kind of shows your true colors and like your true intent of your jokes mm-hmm. if you're like hardcore defending these things. I don't know. I mean, sure, but I mean, I, I, you have you and I are similar in the fact that like you want to come for me? Okay, then mm-hmm. I'm going to come right back for mm-hmm. you, right? Am I going to back down? No, I'm, I'm probably going to double down. Mm-hmm. What would you do if you're, you know, people are calling you out? I mean, maybe, I, did, I did that. I mean, maybe. whenever I was a, a, a posted about candy news on on twitter and i know that i uh-huh. joke about this but it was a, it's actually it relates to this uh i mean i doubled down on it and i doubled down on exactly what i said and people tried to back me in the corner and i didn't apologize for right it. So, so i, I mean, mean i understand but 
I don't know. I'm not a huge public figure. <laughs> right. No, I, I, I mean, but he's also a comedian, right? He's not president yeah. of the United States. So, um, whereas the previous president of the United States did just that. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I find it. I, I, I watched it. The jokes were crass. They were uh, like, th- there were a lot of people that were groaning and you could see the reaction of because it, times have changed. Like he would yeah. make jokes. People were like, oh, um, whereas 20 years ago, people would have been laughing. Um, and so I think the times have changed. He's going to have to figure out whether he wants, to, I don't, I honestly don't think he's a home. I, I think he might be, um, uh, what's the right word? I think he has some, I think everything, Ignorant. no, I think, well, I think he's a smart, he's a smart comedian. I think his, his jokes are based in race. Right. Mm. And, um, you know, I think part of the reason he, well, I don't know, there's probably lots of reasons why he left his, com- you know, his big hit Comedy mm-hmm. Central show back in uh, the t- uh, early 2000s, yeah. right? Um, but I think there were some race, racial tones. I mean, he was making fun of black people, right? Not making yeah. fun of, but he was in on, he was like, I'm going to let you guys in on the joke and you guys can laugh yeah. at us. And I think there was some tension there um, uh, about like, I'm being that you guys are all laughing. There's a bunch of white people laughing at, you know, me yeah. making fun of black people. Like, and I think that's that maybe stuck with him. I don't know, but there, I'm sure there's lots of stories in terms of history in terms of what happened there. I just I think his his his, and he said it at the end. It's not anything against transphobic people, uh, transgender people, which again you may argue differently, but it's it's about race. He's like this is this is, um, you know, white people coming for black people because he didn't. Um, and I I don't know. Like I said, I, I think it's complicated. I think. He's being a comedian. Would I have done what he did? No. I mean, albeit as stubborn as I am and like to double down, um, it's just there. There's a moment to listen, but he, that's not his way. I mean, again, I can I think about him. I think about in the LGBTQ community of Bianca Del Rio, who's like, I'm gonna double down. You're not gonna tell me you can't. You know, I can't make a joke. I can make a joke whatever I want. I'm a comedian. Mm-hmm. I'm not the president of the United States. So, I think it gets tricky. But I, I honestly don't think he's transphobic but those jokes were very crass i don't know i like we were saying it's a slippery it's a slippery slope and when you walk that line um it could go either way i mean it's it's, it's, you you end up uh i mean you end up being labeled as a transphobe and and being transphobic i mean you can make you can say every like all day long that it was just a joke but i mean some people say jokes are seated in truth in some some way shape or form so uh, i don't know i the thing that i just keep going back to is like I mean, if you look back at his show that they were seated in race, I mean, he's part of the black community. And so, uh, I mean, he can make jokes about Mm -hmm. that and like make that part of his set, but he's not trans. So making jokes about being trans or anything like that does. It's different. Yeah, yeah, it's different, especially defending people who are anti-trans. Like that's that's an issue. And that that's where I think the issue is really seated in. But so I I mean, his his point, too. Which I this is why I wanted to watch it because it's like it's easy to critique it, but have you? Because he's like most of the people criticizing me have not watched my yeah. special, so I haven't, but I, I'm, I I'm not going to support it. That's yeah. I, I don't want to support it, so I I yeah. won't watch it. I wasn't trying to support. I'm like no, I I'm knew saying, I wanted to. Uh, yeah. I'm not yeah, saying that yeah, you yeah, willingly yeah. did it, but <laughs> I mean I have always found his comedy interesting. Um, it's smart on a different level. Like again, yes. I, the mm-hmm. shape, Dave Chappelle show. Like I didn't think he was making he, jokes and like that at the expense of black people i think he was doing it smartly i think folks were interpreting it because i i had a when i would watch that i had a roommate who was white i don't think he was racist but there was just 
I mean, he. I think he walked away. Like, I think when he watched the Dave Chappelle show, he saw it as a way that it gave him permission to make those jokes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I can talk like this. Because I can make yeah. this accent. And so, and I don't think Dave Chappelle was trying to do that. Like, trying to give permission to make people. Fun of yeah. Well, trans people, or in the case of the Chappelle show, black mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think that was one of the things he was like, oh, okay. Um, I don't know. Like I said, it's an interesting, there's, because of where we are in society and wanting to just instantly um, take people down for something they said, I, 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 I was in, intrigued to watch it, and I did. And yeah, a lot of bad jokes, bad, mm-hmm. bad jokes. There were a couple of them that were like, <laughs> can't laugh but i'm gonna laugh not necessarily like trans <laughs> trans related but uh-huh. just in general that were just slightly racist for something about gay people and i'm like mm, uh-huh. it's kind of true <laughs> it's <laughs> it's laugh a little bit but it's part of the joke i mean that yeah. jokes are like blowing things up they're, they're caricatures and some mm-hmm. there's some truth to them which is why it's kind of funny, funny right yeah. so i don't know that happened anything else That was just the thing that, that was, I was very. You were very passionate. <laughs> up in about. arms about. You know, I always like, like to yell about Caitlyn Jenner. Yes, which is <laughs> worth yelling at because she's an interesting character. I yeah. still, that's still just. I, I, I don't even understand it. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't. I, I just. I don't. You're in your own way, but whatever. I, I just. Okay. I was having a chat a while back uh, with someone, uh, and they were saying, you know, I, I'm not a homophobe because hardcore like Trumper or. They say they're not a Trumper, but they're they're out for the truth. Mm. And uh, they're like, my daughter's gay. And I'm like, doesn't mean like that doesn't mean that everything's just yeah. open for yeah. you to you doesn't mean like you're voting for policies that are harmful to your daughter. Mm-hmm. Sure, you care about your money. Like, I get it. You know, you're Republican. You say you're about fiscal responsibility, blah, blah, blah. Um, but you're still like so you're, you're also you're, voting for policies that are against your who money. I am. Your money's worth more than, and I'm sure. Look, you don't make that much money, so you know what? <laughs> what are you worried about? Like you're not you're not the one that's you know the Biden tax uh, taxes are going to come from if those mm-hmm. actually happen. You're not making four hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So what are you worried about? Yeah, I mean that's why I had a fight with my older brothers that exact situation is like okay so your money and like your taxes um that you would potentially be taxed on over the already four hundred thousand dollars you're making yeah. while living in shirts texas um is, get, yeah is being taxed you know a couple extra percentages are apparently somehow more important than me your brother and my rights and my potential family in the right. future right your two thousand dollars a year that you get to save in taxes mm-hmm. or are paying extra in taxes are worth my right to have sex, get married, mm-hmm. adopt children, mm-hmm. keep mm-hmm. my job, uh, have a home. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. But you keep your two thousand dollars. You yeah. know what? Mm-hmm. Fuck you. That's exactly. what I said. That. That's what I said. <laughs> so now we're here. <laughs> and, and, and seriously, because I've taken that tone differently. Because before I was like, eh. but now that I'm married and have kids, mm-hmm. I, I feel Different, very yeah. differently about it. Because I'm like. Because under the snap of a finger, drop of a hat, these things Everything can be taken gone, away. Yeah. And this is and old, and, and people and I have said before, well, all of our rights are subject to a Supreme Court ruling. I'm like, your right to carry a fucking gun is not mm, the same right the same. as mine to have be, a be human married, being, yeah, yeah, have sex, get married, mm-hmm. adopt, keep my job. Like, not the same thing. No, yes. ma'am. Not on tonight. Not today. Yeah, that's 
that's what I kept on trying to get across whenever I was having my uh, discussion with my family, and it just was apparently not uh, clicking in their brains that somehow. So are you going to Thanksgiving? <laughs> Thanksgiving time for a party. <laughs> How fun would that be? I just show up out of the blue like hi. I brought my boyfriend. You should go in that shirt. Ooh, that like, shirt. I brought my ethnic boyfriend. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> my ethnic English boyfriend. is a second language, and I'm sure you guys are going to be terrible human beings to him. Yes. <laughs> I had to say ethnic because I, obviously I wouldn't call him ethnic, yeah, but it was like yeah. a, a family insurance. Like he's mm-hmm. ethnic. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's not white like us. Yeah, no white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Oh boy. Not that I'm stereotyping. <laughs> you know, people from shirts. We love listeners in shirts. If you're from shirts, hey. Hey, if, if you're if you're at the H E B listening to this in shirts, Texas. The H E B off of three double oh nine and I thirty five, because I know exactly which one. Hey, this is a shout out to you. If you're listening, we say hi. 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 Hello. Hi, gay. Goodbye. What are you yelling at? Me. Oh, sorry. No. We, have, we have a studio audience. <laughs> Found a stray puppy. Oh, and so that's cute. the thing that's a little creature that's growling. At me. At you, me. Dusty, because I don't, know, I don't know what's going on. Anyways, we're getting distracted. Anyways, yes. Ladies, what else okay, is going no. on in America? What else has happened? In Dustin? the world. What else? Oh, well, what else? What else are we going to talk about? Let's see. Oh, well, speaking of trans, we could have... Okay, so that I thought this was interesting. The Chella Man it's, um, is the first trans masculine face for Yves Saint Laurent. Like, the, like their, the, their brand. So I thought that was good because normally, I mean, because we see a lot of like, I feel like you don't see a lot of trans men as like those kinds of like. We've seen lots of trans things, women. Which yeah. is fine. Which is great. So I think that's neat because that's, I mean, for a fashion house, it's yeah. more considered like feminine. Like, so I think that's a big deal. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. You know what Eve St. Laurent is? No. <laughs> He has no clue. I could tell by that glazed over look on his face. <laughs> I'm just so it's happy like, to be it's involved. It's a fashion brand. It's a, it's a fashion house. <laughs> okay. It's a Y-B-E-S. <laughs> Y-S-L. Do I look like I know anything about fashion? <laughs> Do you see this Halloween shirt? That shirt. I look like that is fashion. I look like I work in a magic shop, okay? <laughs> that's a stolen joke, but that's fine. Spencer did. That was a good... He was on was He was good. on a good comedy day that, that day. Was, he was. I he mean, was my husband fire. is funny. And it that is day, true. He was just like... He read me for Phil. And you had a dangly earring, too. Mm. That was the thing. (laughs) A larger dangly earring than I was uh, prepared for. Went all the way to his shoulder. Mm -hmm. It was a feather. Mm -hmm. It was a feather. It was like a a little... like. It's a dream catcher. (laughs) Crystal. crystal Had a ponytail. (laughs) A snap-on ponytail. (laughs) It was all just linked together. (laughs) Just one little braid ponytail that was attached to the back. Over my bald spot. A (laughs) clip-on. Terrible, but and, yes, that yeah. was that was a good joke. So, oh, whatever. Abra, good Abra. Yes. So <clears throat> that's that's uh yes. Speaking of doggies, uh, if you have uh, puppies, doggies, or fur babies, um, well, show them some love with baked bones dog treats. These aren't just any treats; they are specially baked bones. They have <laughs> CBD, which is great because CBD has been shown to help reduce stress and anxiety in both humans and dogs. So, thankfully, Baked Bones has your dog covered with delicious treats that your dog will surely love. Made from organic, human-grade ingredients and full-spectrum hemp oil, their bones may offer some relief to your anxious pup. Which, if you heard my dog, or, or I don't know, did I just make an announcement? Dog. Breaking news! Oh Breaking news! Dog? The stray dog is now my. We dog. still don't know his name. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, you know, Baked Bones can help. You can check out BakedBones.com for more information on CBD for dogs and the other benefits CBD can provide. 
<laughs> Baked Bones offers free shipping on all orders over $25. And you can save 15% using the promo code GAYSTUFF15. Yes. That's right. GAYSTUFF15. Baked Bones is LGBTQ plus owned and operated and is based in Houston, Texas. Stop. Baked Bones is what? now available in Man Ready Mercantile. It's based in Houston and Austin. Uh, Baked Bones proudly donates 10% of all its profits to no kill shelters in the U.S. Baked Bones, Baked Dogs, Happy! Alright, so do we want to talk about the Stonewall oh, Reader? Oh, am I first? Yay! Okay, you're going first. As you're up, you're released. As it should be. So, okay, so this is. <laughs> there he is. Hey. There he is. He's doing it. That's uh, two barks up. So it is, it is, I like this book because I thought, well, I, the reason I thought about talking about this is because it's the end of October. This is what? LGBTQ History Month. LGBTQ plus History Month. <laughs> Check out episode 100 where there we you. interview Rodney Wilson, the founder See? of LGBTQ plus History Month. So I thought it was topical. And, um, and I also like this because a lot of these, uh, people and and um, y'all have talked about on the podcast before, so it is it is uh, edited. We like, this is your podcast now. <laughs> us, we we our. So podcast. um so uh, like you said before, it's edited by New York Public Library because it's it's not like a book book. It's an uh, it's a collection of like essays and interviews and um, firsthand accounts of all kinds of queer people about the events that led up to, thank you, to Stonewall and then past it. And um, so, but it really focuses on like the fight for like the marginalized community. So there's a lot of lesbian people that in there, a lot of trans, a lot of people of color. And it, it focuses a lot on those and not so much about how this whole came from them, you know. So you've got people that starts, you know, about like the Daughters of Belitis that y'all have talked about and those things and about, and Martha P. That last round. I know. <laughs> um, about Martha P. Johnson and how those things were in, you know, uh, well, like in the works, you know, like decades before Stonewall happened and like, you know, the organizations that started and things like that and the Mattachine Society and all those, which again, we've talked about we, even though it's that's me. <laughs> we. We. And our um, pronouns are we. We. We us. us. We us. And me. Them. Our. <laughs> Our spooky. So I really like this because there's a lot of like well-known people, but it's it's just interviews, and so I thought it was really neat to see all these firsthand accounts of like things that happened, like people that were there and people that that uh, you know were. I lost my train of thought. My word. People Uh, that seen there, been there, done that. Yeah, like they were the ones that influential and the ones that started it, and and then it shifts to like after Stonewall about like how that how that was like the catalyst for this movement and then it turned into you know like the they fed a lot off of like the protest culture you know mm-hmm. for like for like anti-vietnam and like the black power and like the sexual revolution and it kind of piggybacked on all of that and then it kind of just morphed into what it is now like pride and all of that and so it talks of i liked it because it focuses not on like you know like these you know like you know like puerto vallarta white like ripped gay guys, you know, like that's not what it was about. And so it talks a lot about. Why do you me. look at me when you say that? <laughs> White ripped. <that's... laughs> I'm so confused. I don't know. We, we say it all the time. <laughs> I thought it was a good time. Those are his pronouns. <laughs> Those are his pronouns. 
brown, white ripped. White ripped. And so, um, so I really liked it because it's 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 a lot. It's it was very interesting to read, and I I read this one. Um, this was one of the one of the first books I read when I first came out. And I was interested, and I wanted to learn as much about it. And it it gives you, like I said, instead of telling the story, it gives you all the firsthand accounts and like articles about things that were there. And it's like the you know New York Public Library obviously has billions of resources, and they've you know culled through all of them and pulled like some of the most influential ones to make this book and so it's came out in like 2019 and of course it's pink too so i really like it. it's got a pink cover so yeah i mean i uh a lot of the um daily posts that we have yeah. on, on social are informed by uh the nypl like like archive like there's yeah just they have a things. huge archive about like stonewall like queer history and it's and they just pulled from those just to kind of like to show you the timeline and like how things it wasn't just like one incident it was things you know like decades you know that you've talked about like the 30s the 20s that built up to and then like what happened you know like in the 80s and 90s and this about how like one event was you know it had been worked up to and it was like the watershed moment because of all of this and so I just I think it's it's a neat way to look at it as like the whole like history it's not just one thing it was like you know like you know a century's worth of things leading up to this one event well I feel like that would be a good good book for a lot of um young queer people oh, I definitely there think because uh, a lot of young queer people just look at the Stonewall riots and they're like oh yep that was the, uh-huh. the point that that did it never I mean no one ever asked the question what happened prior to where did that come from exactly. why did we do a lot that? of people died there a lot of people died <laughs> I love that song nobody died nope nobody died oh so good well and it, because like you said like and one a lot of these people like don't take credit for their roles and that's why you know like we don't know a lot about them because they're just they were just they were just being themselves exactly they were just fighting for like their rights they're mar- you know like they were already a marginalized community they were trans they were person of color they were lesbian they were this and they were just doing what they felt was right they weren't trying to make a name they weren't trying to you know make history and i think that's also interesting because it's it has a lot of these other people that you know you may not have heard about you mm-hmm. know and so i just like you said i think it's a good jumping point for if you want to know more about like the actual history rather than the event or you know, just where a parade comes from or where corporate sponsorship comes from or, you know, you know, why we have the rainbow flag. It's, it's a lot of like the deep dive into history. I, uh, I maintain like when we started this podcast, I was like, oh, we need to talk about Cher and we're going to talk about Whitney and Dolly in a little mm-hmm. bit, yeah. um, which I think is important because those were yeah gay icons in the early 80s, 90s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Even. Uh, but you know we have our, our community has our own LGBTQ exactly, icons, yeah. right? We have the Marsha P's, mm-hmm. we have the Jose Sarias, we have a t- Harry Hay, a ton of people that are in this book that you're yeah. talking about that uh, we don't talk about. I mean Rodney Wilson, we we interviewed the freaking founder of LGBTQ Plus History Month, and right? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and and folks, here's what I, I I try to impress on people when I talk about like why our podcast, why I love doing our podcast. Because we dive into people that not are just LGBTQ mm-hmm. history, but these folks have an impact on like just American history, on world history. Mm-hmm. Again, we've talked about Alan Turing. He basically helped like win the you know, World yeah, War Two. Exactly. Um, right? code, yeah. And and the poor dude got castrated like after the war, like didn't because get recognized that, yeah. for his heroics. Got castrated because 
They found him uh, with another man, uh, and then he ultimately died by suicide, right? The man who freaking yeah, is the was... founder of artificial intelligence. Everything that we know today, all the technology we use, computer science, all because of Alan Turing. But one little aspect yep. just overrides yeah. all of that. And... We talked to, on this podcast, we talked to uh, Judith Kaysen Windsor, mm-hmm. the wife oh, uh, okay. of, of Edie Windsor, who fought the mm-hmm. Supreme Court at 80 freaking years old. Mm-hmm. That woman was like, you know what? I'm not having any of this. And most 80-year-olds are like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to be grandma or great-grandma. She took on the freaking United States government. That was she went what's out right. swinging. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just because that's what's right. That's what they believed in. Yeah. And it wasn't for anything other than just It was for... also her just being herself. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Exactly. Like, she was just trying to live her life and that there was something that threw a hitch in her living her life. So, so she's, she's like, this is right. right. Yeah. This so isn't right. lucky us, it grants us the right to get married. But, I mean, she took on the Supreme Court. There aren't a, but a handful of cases that go uh, to the Supreme Court and then that you get to win. Exactly, yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's historic, right? Yeah. And as, you know, it's, uh, being an educator, you know, like, like there are people, you know, like there are states that are adopting, you know, like LGBTQ history courses and things like including that. And these are people that would be involved, like that, you know, like think of how like, you know, if like when I was in middle school or high school and like if you knew that or if it that was more talked about, you know, and those people were named and, you know. Well, that's what Rodney Wilson was fighting for, right? Yeah. He's like in a, reading a history teacher and he's like, none of our history is in here. No. Like we talk about. Uh, women's rights mm-hmm. movement. We talk about African Americans, uh, but where's the discussion about LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. history rights? Granted, in the '90s we really didn't have any rights, so yeah, I mean exactly. there wasn't going to be. But now, like, we should see more of that, and we still don't. Well, we, can is, all, we can also see. I mean, it's been 40 years since like the the, the beginning of the AIDS crisis, mm-hmm. so we can see the lasting effects and like the actual like historical context of the AIDS crisis nowadays. But that's something that can easily be included in history. Books. Yeah. So I mean. These are because I remember learning about the AIDS crisis in high school because I had never really like known about it at all until I was what 16. And my uh, U.S. history teacher, once we got to Reagan, we discussed it, but it was just like one of those like kind of side comments of like this was happening, gay people were dying, mm-hmm. period. And like yeah. now we can look at it from a further historical perspective. I mean, technically at that point, we probably could have too, but um, I mean, it was Shirts, Texas, we didn't. <laughs> um, but, like, now we have 40 years of uh, actual, like, you know, scientific knowledge mm-hmm. of it and, like, yeah. actual accounts of it. And, you know, we can actually put together and piece together parts of history that actually could shape people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So It's just, I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's just things that, like, sadly have been overlooked and people that have been, you know, like, just forgotten but shouldn't be. And so it's mm-hmm. just, I just, I don't do a lot of historical things. I don't like history. I'm like crap. I love you. history. <laughs> well, then you need to read this because. But this was good. So, but, but like, like you said, but I like, like your own LGBTQ I history. I know, but like that, But that's interesting history. I mean, like boring we history. To, we need to rethink. This. Oh, yeah. uh, so Dusty's been fired. <laughs> he will not be interviewed. He's not here anymore. I've been canceled. <gasps> Did I get to be canceled? <laughs> Cancel culture. <laughs> Bye. So, but like, be yeah, like I said. So I I read this right when I first came up, just because just because I wanted to learn more. Like, like you said, I didn't learn that, you know, and right. I didn't have anybody to look to or ask to or ask about, you know. And so I'm like, when I saw this, I read it and it was just, I was like, wow, you know, like you don't realize how much went behind and like little victories were huge, mm-hmm. you know, like publishing things or meeting even. And, you know, like you just having like like minded people to meet with 
was being able to say like, "Hey, this is like an LGBT exactly." You know, this, I mean, spot. that was that was a victory. This is a gay bar, now. yeah. You know, things like that. It's yeah. a gay bar, Pamela. Mm-hmm. Oh, I barely fit in that shirt. That's okay. There you go. <laughs> well, that was fun. We had to check know, that I book out. Or you, if what you want to you... hear about history, just listen to this podcast. Yes, what would you rate this book? I would say five star. I love this book, okay. and I like I said, I, I I read it because it's good. It's like articles, it's interviews, it's there's short little like there's a ton of. I mean, there's just short little excerpts, so it's mm. very easy to read. Okay, mm. I love it. Love it. Are you a business owner looking to make connections and help your business grow? Well, join the L, the Greater Houston LGBT Chamber of Commerce. The chamber plays an important role for LGBTQ plus and allied businesses in the Greater Houston area. If you're an LGBTQ plus owned business, the chamber can help you get certified as an LGBTB certified business which puts you in position to be a leading candidate as a diverse supplier for government contracts and government contractors all right get that money honey Mm -hmm. you can find out more information about the greater houston lgbt chamber of commerce at houston lgbt chamber.com memories all right uh Chris, it's all onto me. It's all you. You better, you better not disappoint. This is, this is, this is deep. You're gonna be quite disappointed. I'm sorry. I don't know that I understood the assignment on this uh, research topic, but uh, I did try my best. He's like, there was a um, a cover by um, some some woman named Whitney Houston. Uh, yes, yeah, so this week in gay history, we are discussing the song I Will Always Love You, which was re-released by Whitney Houston as the soundtrack for The Bodyguard on November 3rd of 1992. Oh, God. What? Which you said you weren't even born yet. I, I was born. I was uh, four months old, five months old. <laughs> This was a good history assignment for you. <laughs> this was good. It's for you. It's, for, it's, is it, it might be in this book for you. It yeah, probably it's, it's... is, honestly. Uh, so originally the song uh, was supposed to be, uh, the, the, the soundtrack for The Bodyguard was supposed to be uh, Jimmy Ruffin's What uh, Becomes of the Brokenhearted. Um, and so Whitney Houston was actually supposed to sing that song. Um, but it was discovered to be used for another movie, so Whitney insisted uh, that they change it. Uh, Kevin Costner, who was Whitney's co-star in The Bodyguard, actually suggested the song I Will Always Love You uh, by Dolly Parton. Huh, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. See, look, I did it. <gasps> I learned you guys something. <laughs> so Whitney and her producer rearranged the song as a uh, soul ballad, which is what okay. we know it as today. Uh, and the record company originally tried to nix the a cappella beginning. So where she's, you know, just getting into <sighs> it, which is an iconic moment of the song. Exactly. Um, so Whitney and what Kevin the... Costner both insisted that the song should remain like as it was. Kevin so Costner. Kevin Costner was somehow Come a part through. of the song, which is kind of impressive. Kevin Costner, LGBTQ plus icon. <laughs> icon. <laughs> you did not expect that, did you? <laughs> we have learned some things today, honey. Oh. He so... has passed. He gets an A. <laughs> there we go. He's a queer icon there. Uh, so Dolly Parton, as I mentioned, was an original um, owner of the song. She sang the song back in 1974. Okay, so year, like, what's the history on that? She wrote, go ahead, don't you know I this? I know the history. I do know the Come history on, Dusty. So, Dolly Parton. I don't like history, and, and I don't read history, but let me tell you. I know <laughs> all about this history. <clears throat> so, Dolly Parton and Porter Wagner were a, like, you know, like, um, they we're not like romantic partners, but because I, I was to think of what's his face and what's her face. The walk, uh, Johnny Cash and June Carter. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they, they sing a lot of songs together. They duet a lot. And she wrote this song when they decided to part ways and she was going off independent. Mm -hmm. So the song is not a love song per se. It's like a song for your like, for him is, you know, like it was like a 
breakup song of their, you know, their professional relationship, mm. rather. Their, you know, their, and so, because they were very close and all that. And so that's where it came from. There's like a whole Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I only got from Wikipedia, but there's a whole Wikipedia page just on this song. And like, it's, a, I it's, mean, it's long. It is, yeah. There's a there's, lot for me to read mm-hmm. today, and I'm glad I did so. Wait, didn't you. she write this song and like Jolene uh, in, the one, in the same... I did, same day? I did not read that. I did not. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. She wrote them in the same day. Jolene, Jolene, <gasps> Jolene, and the also iconic song. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and she wrote them in one day. So this song is yeah, actually she, kind of a side note since we're off on the the Dolly part of the tangent here. Um, she actually uh, remastered the song uh, a few years later after it was released in 1974, and it was really popular in country music because I mean that's where her genre was um and then whenever she re-released it it once again became mm-hmm. popular again which was like i think it was like eight years later or something like that um and so this song was already in the top charts in country songs mm-hmm. twice in the 70s and early 80s and then it came back again in the <laughs> 90s and again in the uh um early 2010s like so this yeah. song <laughs> has a been around the block several times. Exactly. A few times the song's been around that block. Because <laughs> I know all about. I feel like that's two very different songs. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's the remix. Hey, it's Saturday night at the Eagle. Yeah. We remix. I will always love you and holler back, girl. Oh, I would hate that so much. Oh, I don't know. It could work. It's I my. I don't think so. It's my. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, and I. So Dolly Parton uh, then. Um, Oh, I did not write English here. Um, She let her use her version Mm -hmm. as a template uh, and reached out to give them the final verse. Apparently, uh, her version or a version that they were trying to use previously did not have uh, the final verse that kind of like made the song like whole. And so she felt that it was important to the song, uh, despite it being missed from her earlier version. A little side fact, Whitney's version of I Will Always Love You is not the only version of the song that is played in the Bodyguard movie. There's apparently another version by an artist mm-hmm. I didn't write down it's that's they playing the while they're yeah. dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen the movie The Bodyguard? I have not. Oh my god! <laughs> Should that have been on my assignment? For I knew. This? I knew. I knew the answer to that. Oh well, I god. assumed the answer to that. I did not. I, I should have inferred. I because I, I wanted to hear. It. I wanted to hear it <laughs> loud. The world to hear it. I knew it in my head. I was like, I know he oh hasn't god, seen that's it. That's the second iconic movie. That, Go keep going. Just talk. <laughs> um, so um, we're talking about the song, not necessarily the movie, The Bodyguard. So I'm going to move on from The Bodyguard here. Okay. Okay. Fine. <laughs> um, the song spent a record-breaking uh, at the time, 14 weeks as number one on the Billboard Music's Hot 100 list. It remained in the top 40 for 24 weeks. Uh, Whitney's I Will Always Love You was also uh, the year-end single of 1993 in the United States, but in the UK, Houston's version was ranked number one single in 1992 and made the countdown again in 1993, ranked at number nine. Chris, I want to try to like help you understand how amazing the song was at the time like for mm-hmm. it to be on the charts like for, there are no songs that are on the charts except little Nas x which by the mm-hmm. way going back to lgbtq people who impact history little Nas x has that like he's he's oh, the record for the longest number one on, on mm-hmm. billboard right the artist to do that broke mariah carries mm-hmm. uh, but 
14 weeks you said 14 um, weeks at the time, so yeah. i don't think like maybe katie perry like think about a party no that's party in the usa is not gay. bad g- bad gay bad La- gay that's why we have over sniper last friday night mm-hmm. uh i said i kissed a girl yeah like those, those songs were probably only on there for a few weeks but you you know how much of an mm-hmm. earworm on the radio that was for right 14 weeks, like yeah. and so i mean i will always love you was the song like yeah. Of the decade, yeah. Even though it wasn't really by it's the numbers, the stats you just said, but it I was have, the song. Like I have oh. this written down later, but I'll say it now. Uh, so Whitney's version of "I Will Always Love You" is ranked number nine of the greatest number one singles of all time. So it's like of all time, it's it the makes ninth sense, song. And you know what kind of mf you have to be to do that, right? When you're doing that to a Dolly Parton song. Well, I mean, yeah, somebody that's already, yeah. And what, who got her blessing for it? Because, I mean, her joke was always that, like, she doesn't mind because after it got so successful, it making, it's making her tons, tons of, money. of money. I, I mean, she gets, I mean, the royalties off of it mm-hmm. as well, so. And I know, I don't know if she knew that, like, I guess she was involved in the process, uh-huh. right? She got, they got the permission and everything. But she, because I, I feel like there was an interview where I heard Dolly say, um, I heard it for the first time on the radio, and I just kind of, I had to pull over, and she's like, I couldn't believe it. So, the fact that like I'm I was always amazed by that story because the fact that you didn't know that that was good, like you didn't get the advance warning like, hey, this is gonna be a Come this happening. To the song, yeah. like you want to hear it, the final version. <laughs> yeah, I, but I guess artists. I mean, you go back and listen to this podcast. Yes, we yes, all do we all the time because it's course. amazing. Yeah, I do. Uh huh. Um, so yeah, since it was on uh, the number one um, single in 1992, which I have to look at that and already say, um, after seven weeks of being out in the UK, it was marked as uh, number one song of 1992 in the UK. Like that means it made an impact in seven weeks of the entire year. Out of all the other songs that were released uh, that year, it somehow became number one, and not somehow. I I mean, it's an iconic song, so I understand it. And then was still ranked at number nine out of you know the ten top ten countdown um, in 1993. Like that's really impressive. So it's the first time uh, that any musical act had the same single ranked in the top ten of the year in review two years in a row. Um, it is also the longest running number one single from a soundtrack album. So mm. since it was from the movie, it's actually the only song that's been a number one or the longest running number one single from a movie. Um, so Houston single sold approximately 400,000 copies in its second week at the top of the charts, making it the best selling single in a single week surpass- surpassing uh, Brian Adams's Everything I Do, I Do It For You oh, at the that's time. That's a good song. Mm-hmm. That's a good movie, yeah. Also a soundtrack song. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Did you? See, you didn't say that one. I, I did not see the movie, on. but I do. <laughs> I understand the reference. Okay. Uh, so it broke its own record in the following three weeks and peaked at 632 copies in the week ending on December 27th of 1992. So basically, like, it broke its own. It broke a record, and then three weeks after that, it broke the same it's record of yet. itself. Uh, as you know, the number of times it's been purchased at that point. Icon. Uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The record was not uh, was only broken in 1997 uh, by Elton John's "Candle in the Wind," uh, which sold 3.4 million in the final week of September of 1997. Which another icon, another gay mm-hmm. icon, exactly. So two, I, we, that's two gay icons. We make history. That's three. We make history. Well, we talked about Lil Nas X breaking. Oh the, no, I was talking about the make... "Candle in the Wind." And that's, oh, it was that's two yeah, gay yeah. icons. Yeah, Diana. Yeah, because that was 97. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I will always I love you was uh, certified four times platinum in the U.S. for shipments of over four million copies by the Recording Industry Association of America. That's a mouthful. Uh, on January twelfth uh, of nineteen ninety three, making Houston the first female artist with the single to reach that level uh, in their history. Um, so as of two thousand nine, the single had sold four hundred and so ooh, numbers are hard. Four million five hundred ninety-one thousand copies, and had become the uh, second best-selling physical single in the U.S. alone, only behind Elton John's single in nineteen ninety-seven, as I mentioned. Yeah. Um, as of January of two thousand thirteen, which was just after uh, Whitney's uh, passing, Houston's version of "I Will Always Love You" uh, had sold over twenty million copies worldwide. This makes it the best-selling single by a female artist of all time, as well as one of the best-selling singles of all time. Uh, a few after a few hours after Houston's death on February 11th of 2012, I will always love you. Returned to the U.S. charts and topped the U.S. iTunes charts. Uh, that same week following her death, the single returned to the Billboard Hot 100 after almost 20 years, debuting at number seven and becoming a posthumous top 10 single for Houston, the first one since 2001. So basically, it's also the first uh, song that has, um, well, not the first song. It's this. I guess fourth time the song has been on a top 100 chart uh, in it's the same song. Um, but it is the second time uh, that it has come onto the top 10 of a billboard. Uh, I'm trying to remember from what I read. To, top 10 of the top 100 billboard. Um, in two different decades. In two different decades, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so the song eventually peaked uh, at number three, uh, two spots shy of becoming the first song to return to the top position after falling off the tart uh, since Chubby Decker's The, the Tart. Fall Hello. Off the tar- fall off the tart. The tar- the tar- sorry. Fall off the tart, yes. Yes, uh, mama. <laughs> so the twist apparently in the 60s uh, was um, a song that came up to number one, fell off the chart, and then came back to number one again. Uh, and That's so, like me on Friday night at the Eagle. Honestly, you get you get up, you get on top of that box, and you dance a little bit, and you fall off, and you come back you on top right of that box. Up again. That's what you got to do. I get in my down, younger days. But I get there we again. go. Oh. You don't know that song. You were six when it came out. I probably. You probably because I was on high school. No. I know that song. Okay. No. Uh, so of course there wouldn't be a hit song without some controversy. So let's steal the tea, <gasps> Mama. Oh, okay. Dish. Uh, Apparently, there were some wild rumors that Dolly Parton and Whitney were feuding. <gasps> yes. uh, so tabloids reported that Dolly Parton apparently walked back on her deal about not performing her own version while Houston's was gaining traction on the charts. So I guess it was apparently a deal that uh, while she had debuted the song and was trying to advertise the bodyguard and the song and her single and all that stuff, apparently uh, Dolly Parton was asked to like not do her version and supposedly she had walked back on that because she's like, I'm going to sing my own thing. Um, so uh, this was quickly di- uh, dismissed publicly by both Dolly and Whitney. Both of them very publicly praised each other. Yeah. Uh, Whitney thanked Dolly very publicly for writing such a beautiful song. And Dolly thanked Whitney for bringing her song to a water- wider audience and for increasing the amount of royalties for her song in the process. Oh, dear, yeah. <laughs> so she was very excited for that money, honey. Um, so when he, oh, uh, Houston won the Best Pop Vocal Performance uh, Female Award in 1994 Grammy Awards uh, for her recording, Parton, along with uh, the um, producer David Foster, presented her with the award. So Parton came up and gave her the award for it. It's like, look, oh. you sang my song and you did it better. That's so. how you do. Yeah, exactly. Um, or I guess not better. You did it differently. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so in a statement to Billboard's uh, Billboard Morning Houston's death in February of 2012, uh, Parton said, 
Uh, mine is only one of the millions of hearts broken over the death of Whitney Houston. I will always be grateful and in awe of the wonderful performance she did on my song. And I can truly say from the bottom of my heart, Whitney, I will always love you. You will be missed. Oh. I know. Yeah. Are you going to start crying? Possibly. I almost did. Possibly. I was like, oh, wow. Ooh. You got to get a little misty eye. So uh, now, ladies, we are on an LGBTQ plus so how is podcast. This, how is this? How is this related? Tell so, me. how is a song coming out gay? You see what I did there? Oh. I did write that joke, and I was really, very proud of you that. You really prepared today. <laughs> My goodness. I love that you write your, your jokes into your script. <laughs> I have to write it down because then I'll forget, and it, and forget I, it. Then I'm not funny. Because if I wrote the joke, I, w- I mean, I can barely read the words on my screen most times. So like, I wrote it, it would not. it would be really bad. <laughs> the what? So, Whitney Houston is, of course, a gay icon, and many mm. people do question why. Um, not many people. Some people. Some. Some people. I will not say some. Mo- many people. Some people. Um, it is unconfirmed, but rumored that she had a physical relationship with her close friend named Robin Crawford. Uh, family members also described her as being sexually fluid. Um, so Robin ha- came out in a documentary that I believe is on Netflix and, and said, "Like, yeah, we were." Yeah, she wrote a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, recent, like in 2019. Yeah, it was. Fairly, I think the yeah, documentary really, really, was also yeah. really recent too. Yeah, I mean, so aside from that, I mean, again, going back to her comment earlier of like LGBTQ icons, we say uh, Judy, you know, Bet, uh, Liza, mm-hmm. Madonna, Cher, like mm. Whitney Houston was up there mm-hmm. in terms of Beyonce, right? It's yeah. just like these folks that uh, just are strong, fierce women who have amazing talent mm-hmm. and the world wants to take them down sometimes. We lift them up and then mm-hmm. we like want to bring them down because like when Whitney married Bobby, we were like, oh no. So there was a bit yeah. of tragic nature to her and she had that innocence too and just amazing talent. She was yeah. a strong woman but vulnerable. Yeah. And I think that's what you know, the older gays yeah. might yeah. Me Well, I think older. it's even a common thing now. I mean, you look at like Adele and Casey yeah. Musgraves that are out here singing like um, I mean, their their albums of mm-hmm. being a divorced woman. Well, I guess the difference is there were no gay, there were no out, there were few yeah, gay out people, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and yeah. if they were, they were very queer. So it was like oh, it was a Bowie or, or Freddie mm-hmm. Mercury who wasn't even out. Most people were just like oh, he's straight. So you didn't have that same like you don't have the. I mean, freaking everyone's out now, right? Mm-hmm. So which is great. Um, so, but you don't have to look at Adele. I mean, we can look at Adele and admire her strength and mm-hmm. stuff, but we also have a number of out LGBTQ people that we can look at. That like, yeah. yeah. So very out in public. So, uh, so Whitney had that, like that status just because yeah. she was all right, of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I don't, I did not, I was not privy to such rumors about her bisexuality uh, until I, after she died. And then I kept hearing about that. Little snippet. Yeah, because, like, well, they, didn't they say because, it might have been a documentary you talked about it, was, but because she wanted, but like it was, they were afraid it was going to hurt her image because she had, I mean, mm-hmm. she was already so huge and power. I mean, so they were, it was more like the family controlling her and the, well, the industry her controlling her, her image, her her legacy because she was already so huge at that point. So yeah. Yeah, already so an icon. It, uh, I think her coming out was, I mean, there's lots of, uh, I guess the, the, whether it was Robin or just other accounts talking about it, that she had been, um, 
she had been in a relationship for some time for like almost, you know, 20 years or some or so, um, you know, in the, in the late nineties, early two thousands. Well, actually her, Robin and Whitney, I remember now that I think about it in a post doing some research for one of our daily posts, um, like from the eighties, they had a Robin and Whitney were friends from the eighties. So mm-hmm. there was something. And I think earlier now I'm thinking about it. Like one of the first interviews Whitney had, or uh, our first major kind of spreads in like Time magazine or something like that, she was asked about whether she and Robin were in a in a relationship, yeah. because there were rumors circulating uh, at that time, and uh, she was like, "What are you talking about? Like we're just you know, she's my assistant, whatever." So it was, uh, yeah, it was very. Uh, but I wasn't privy to all that. I guess because at the time I was a little, just a young little person. Oh. Just a young person. Um, just a young one. <laughs> the dog is getting away. Um, yeah, so then um, this article that I found that was also listing reasons as to why she is a gay icon for us uh, also kind of cracked me up because, of course, it's like a typical gay that's like, why is she an icon for us? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of cute, actually. Um, so he had six reasons, and some of them are reasons I don't exactly agree with. Um, well, at least one specifically. Uh, but uh, the first one was uh, her shade. Apparently, she's a queen of shade. Uh, and the example that they provided was uh, in an interview where Whitney was asked, what do you think of Mariah Carey? And her response was, I don't think of her. Yeah. <laughs> and it was apparently just like a, a response that was just like, like she did not take any second to even think about it. She's like, I don't think of her. Just so like, that's why Mariah came for J-Lo. Exactly. I don't know her. I don't know her. I don't know her. <laughs> Um, the other reason they gave (laughs) I use it all the time uh, the second reason they gave was her gowns apparently her sense of style and presence just overflowed her cup has overflowed um yeah, so the third third reason they gave was the Bobby Brown being Bobby Brown, which was a TV show Ooh, that oh, apparently got us a like a, It was so good. That's what they were saying that it, it was just was, like the that was reality TV before like they like said you, it was it was it, it was, was like the, before we had like Real Housewives and Vanderpump and all those like mm-hmm. camera and like the everyday life. I mean, it it, it really showed how it's it's looking back. It was very sad because you could see it as like a cry for help because yeah. it was very it was toward the end of things and they weren't doing well it was very dysfunctional it showed how like it was just and it was crazy and it it was it did not paint her in a good light but it was a very entertaining light Mm -hmm. sadly well they said that uh it said that being bobby brown uh walked so that or uh, crawled so that uh keeping up with the kardashians could walk oh definitely Um, definitely. or whatever Mm -hmm. the the saying is uh but they they said that was a a reason i was like i don't really agree with that because i from what i heard this tv show was not um painting her in the best light and also was like really showing the um, cry for help essentially well I think because of the TV show I think it it made people sorry for her because it showed how in a bad state she was but it validated what people had saw like had been saying for like a decade or whatever about what a bad influence Bobby Brown was on her and like everything and like yeah. how he was the reason for her i mean that show was downfall. so bad they only had one season and yeah. then it's in the vault like you can't see you, any, yeah, you can't find nowhere. any they've locked it up you them. cannot i mean it's yeah like so. andy cohen has the keys to that yeah <laughs> that's not going anywhere okay. um and then the fourth reason they gave mm, was uh her that's generous n- <laughs> i love it 
go. Okay, anyway, that's the topic for another time. Oh, okay. there you go. Um, her non-gender specific hits, so like, I mean, I Will Always Love You doesn't have any like genders Ooh, okay. or anything like that. So okay. uh, it's one I'm of the every same. woman, uh, non-gender specific. I want to dance with somebody. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just you, somebody, you don't know. anybody, it doesn't matter. Exactly. And so like those, those yeah, hits. Just want to dance with God, someone, <laughs> someone dance with me. Those hits are like specific to... Um, like I mean, anyone can listen. Yeah, to anyone can oh, feel okay. uh, included in those as well. So uh, then the fifth reason was it's not right, but it's okay. The Thunderpuss remix. Uh, oh, every day's heard so this good. song. <laughs> oh. So if you haven't heard that song and that specific remix, you have not been to a gay bar <laughs> ever. No, nothing specific to that. Just that song. That song. That song yeah. <laughs> and th- that's all. It really was just like that song. Sass, and just like attitude. <laughs> she looked great in that she, video. Uh, that is, oh, that was good. icon. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then the last reason they gave was like her struggles, and like yeah. they, they listed like her um, alcoholism, her you know struggle through depression, her drug abuse, and uh, all sorts of different things like that, trying to find her way. Well, um, yeah, and all of that has been tied back to her being clo- and not being able to be herself mm-hmm. and come out. So I mean, those were looks as as vices as as what she would turn to to kind of like deal with the not being able to. Come out and yourself. be herself, exactly. you know, yeah. be authentic. Yeah, absolutely. So then the article wraps up by saying the the Billboard. Uh, I'm sorry, the Billboard article uh, summed it up pretty well by ending by saying gay icons are often uh, so often women who have struggled and experienced mistreatment in a society dominated by men. Their strength is an inspiration and pushes us forward in the face of adversity. They resonate with us because we recognize that pain. We are drawn to stories of those who face immense scrutiny and oppression and still manage to keep their head held high. They give us hope and remind us of our humanity. So it's basically exactly what you were saying, Thomas. Like we we relate with these uh, icons like Judy and Whitney and you know yeah. Madonna, these, Mariah, these queens who have had to struggle in a male dominated industry that are telling them what they need to feel and what they need to to um, say uh, in the entire you know just to be who they need who they want to be they have to work you know 10 times harder to get anywhere um and so that's why we resonate with it because it's mm-hmm. like we look as uh, gay people we as gay people or queer people or lgbtq plus people look at them and say they are uh struggling just as i am and struggling mm-hmm. to make their way in in the world so um, I thought that was a great way for them to wrap that article, That's so good. I had to include yeah. that. So I like that. Yeah. So that is why Whitney is our gay icon. Yeah. Um, I didn't go, unfortunately, go into too much of, of her history, so we'll have to delve into like who she was as a person um, and her struggles that she did face. Uh, but yeah, that's, I don't uh, know. with Whitney, I just it's bittersweet memories. I it mean, is. that's all I'm taking with me. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't catch it, but now I'm right there with you. I hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask this question, Chris. Have you ever listened to that song? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. I have like heard the once. song. Listen to oh it? No. God. I have not been like, let me listen to this song. Oh, you should. You oh. should listen. Have you ever heard of the Dolly version? No. <gasps> oh, my God. Leave. Just leave. Are you, That's how you it didn't, started. You didn't even listen to it? In, no, the Dolly, the, the Dolly version of this song? Yes. Yo, no, I listened to both of oh, them all the way here. Yeah, okay. Yes. I, I mean, I've heard both of them before. Okay. I thought you meant like a... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what do you I think mean? I've been a different song. I don't know. What song? I don't know. 
what other song have we been talking about for the last hour? See, that's how I feel. We've got sound effects. I was at you, not me. I know. New season, new sound effects. I didn't know what we were talking about. New season, new sound effects. New season, new sound effects. Now, instead of just someone saying woof, we actually get a woof. We get a woof. Well, that was Whitney. That was awesome. Thanks. That was I Will Always Love You. And you know what, guys? I will always love you. So you know who else I'd always love? Who? Our sponsor, Economy Works. Who? Economy Works. Yeah, you need help with marketing? Hire a freelancer. Need help with building a website? Hire a freelancer. You need help with benchmarking and analysis? Hire a freelancer. Economy Works believes in the power of connection and wants to connect you with this talent network. The talent network has over 1,000 years of experience and is growing in HR, marketing, IT, accounting, and other specialties. Economy Works. When we work, the Economy yeah, works. works. You can find out more at economyworks.com. That's E C O N O M I W O R K S dot com. This pup is doing something. Doing the most. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast and kicking with us this week. Um, a special thank you to the guy who keeps our sound in check, Spencer. Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. You know, he's here, around here somewhere, right? He's sure. running around. <laughs> so don't forget to subscribe to us. And don't forget to subscribe to you guys because y'all have shows uh, what y'all doing what y'all doing it's you uh our spoopy podcast so me and spencer are on our spoopy podcast and it is poopy season we are uh, also releasing an episode on uh halloween just like um let's talk about gay stuff is uh so you can always find us at uh, our spoopy podcast dot com our spoopy podcast on uh instagram our spoopy on twitter and our spoop on facebook you can also send us an email at our spoopy podcast at gmail.com Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, i'm so excited to hear the halloween is it like a special halloween episode or is no. it just a, oh no. sorry it, but it is still scary because it's our okay, spoopy well, podcast. Yeah. life is happening uh-huh. people are busy well, I, didn't, I mean i thought you would plan ahead but that's okay you know it's you too know. much to ask <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I did my research, okay? <laughs> what, for tonight or that? Both. Oh, that's twice in a week. That's twice in two days. The producers. I waited to the last minute. Thank you. <laughs> what about Dusty? What about you? Where can we find you? I'm on Instagram, Droshi. Doing the, doing the doing, book reviews? I'm, yeah, doing my book reviews. I just finished a good book today. Yes. Let's hold up. All right. We'll do Very the good. thing, girl. All right. Well, that's wonderful. Um, you know what? I had fun, guys. Of Me course. Too. I always it was love a lot this. of fun. So thanks for listening to us. Uh, and I guess we'll just sign off. We're here. We're queer. Get used to it. <laughs>